That was the first 30 seconds or so of the famous Symphony No. 5 by Beethoven, conducted by George Sell. I once read an online question. The fellow asked, what's the point of an orchestra conductor? The players have the notes in front of them. What's that conductor for, just to bow and get the applause? A legitimate question. But then, why does a factory need a manager? If all the supplies are at each machine, and all the workers know their work and lunch schedule, why do they need a manager? And indeed, if all has been prepared and the manager is absent for one day or more, the factory might function quite well without him. But every businessman knows that no enterprise can can succeed in the long run or handle unexpected challenges without a vision imparted to the staff by a leader, motivated in one of several management styles, some pleasant and some not so pleasant. Orchestras have performed well enough without a conductor, but usually small ones, and there is some leadership just not somebody standing on a platform during the concert. Regarding management style, there are recorded rehearsals of many great conductors imparting their vision of a piece of music to the orchestra before the concerts. When Arturo Toscanini was frustrated at rehearsal, he would howl with rage. Leonard Bernstein would just say, come on guys, this music deserves better than that. George Sell, a vicious psychotic, would insult his players with no mercy, but with immense creativity. Carla Maria Giulini, disappointed in his Los Angeles Philharmonic at rehearsal one time, said, If you ever play that lazily again, I will walk off this podium, get on a plane back to Italy, and never come back. Of course, if these conductors had not previously won the respect of their orchestras, those tactics would not have worked, and the concerts would have been mediocre. Let's examine the conductor's viewpoint using just the first half a minute again of Beethoven's Fifth, as led by several great conductors. You may recall... In the first of this series, I use the opening of Beethoven's Sixth Symphony to show how the pace or the tempo uh, signaled the conductor's interpretation. Let's start with that same point again, using the Fifth Symphony, and then go further before introducing the rest of this magnificent symphony. Before hearing the other versions, remember the obsessive four-ness of this music. Everything is four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. And then there's some softer, scampering fours. The strings go one, two, three, four, 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 and then it builds up. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, ba, bam. There's not really a melody here, mostly just four after four. Many people hear that four note motive as the fearful threat of fate. But here's a conductor, Ricardo Chailly playing down the fate quality and delivering an adrenaline rush by just playing it faster. At the other extreme, Here's the great Hungarian conductor, Ferenc Frisai, ignoring the adrenaline rush and conveying a sense of impending doom. (laughs) 
Now, Frischai did not always conduct that music so slowly, but when he made this recording in 1961, he knew he had a fatal case of cancer and was probably feeling doom a lot more keenly than an adrenaline rush. But it's not just tempo or speed that the conductor decides. Here's the start of the fourth recording of this symphony by the elderly Bruno Walter, who seems to have decided, yes, I know this music is exciting, and you know it's exciting, but there is a potential for poetry that we may have missed. Here, after the scampering fours that build up to a long-held note in the strings, ba-ba-ba-bum, ba-ba, Walter holds that string note for so long that it almost feels like somebody crying, quite unexpected in this music. That Bruno Walter recording was the first recording of Beethoven's Fifth that I got to know. I remember buying it at UCLA, or near UCLA, about 50 years ago, early in 1971, and I heard it once or twice. I liked it. It was rather exciting. But then coming home on a school break over the weekend, perhaps, one night my family was watching television downstairs, and I decided to listen to the symphony in full upstairs. I had a mediocre turntable and a mediocre set of headphones. I put the headphones on, I started the symphony, and for 32 minutes of that symphony, for the whole thing, front to back, I was hypnotized. The piece just grabbed me. It seemed so perfectly done. It seemed like Beethoven couldn't and shouldn't change one note. In a way that I can't really describe adequately, the piece wasn't just exciting, it wasn't just beautiful. It was somehow perfect. It was, it was like it was true. And I'd never thought of something true or perfect applied to so something that wasn't measurable and scientific. As much as I've enjoyed so much music in the 50 years since then, it's rare that I've had a feeling of discovery and entire newness and overwhelming thrill that I got from that listening to Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. Before playing the entire symphony now, I'd like to describe a couple of aspects that might help you to appreciate it even more, although it's quite gripping without any introduction at all. First, the fourness comes back in the third movement, although the notes are not exactly the same. After a string introduction, the brass wail out four notes that go something like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. It's the shortest movement some five minutes long, but it ends amazingly. That fateful four-note idea remains, but it gets quiet, eventually just on plucked strings. It's quite tense. It has been described as a fearful walk through a dark tunnel. The tense tread goes on for about a half a minute before the strings begin to swell. The sense is of seeing some kind of a light at the end of a tunnel. And then, as the strings hit maximum volume, the brass blares out in a triumphant fanfare. Not four notes anymore. No more fate. It begins the blazing fourth movement. Our four-note fate is clearly not a threat anymore. Beethoven changed symphonies forever here in two ways. First, in binding the third and fourth movements into a single, more complex dramatic whole. 
never mind the more explicit drama than has been heard in any previous symphony. Second, by shifting the emotional center of gravity towards the finale. Generally, symphonies had their most substantial music in the first movement, usually fast, and the second movement, usually slow. The third and fourth movements were often more dance-like and less emotionally demanding. While the first movement of the symphony was quite substantial, as we heard, and while some other symphonies had exciting finales, nothing like this lengthy, blazing declaration of a hard-won victory had ever been attempted and accomplished in any serious musical work. So please, pause your listening until you have about 35 minutes without interruption. 32 minutes for Beethoven's Fifth, conducted by George Sell, and three more minutes to regain your composure and to sit down.